0: Welcome to the St. Barnabas Pocket Sermon Podcast. The sermon you're about to listen to is by the Rev. Karen Higg, from the Epiphany of Our Lord Jesus Christ Transferred. The Holy Gospel of Our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Happy New Year and Epiphany blessings on all of you. Our church New Year actually began on the first Sunday of Advent, as we began to watch and wait for the coming Christ child. And while we're still in the season of Christmas, today we'll celebrate the Feast of the Epiphany, which actually falls on January 6th. In the early church, Epiphany was one of the three primary feasts, along with Easter and Pentecost. Yes, that's right, Epiphany, Easter, and Pentecost, not Christmas. Epiphany in the early church was focused on the manifestation, the revelation of Jesus as God's Son, the Beloved. We'll get to that next week when we celebrate Jesus' baptism. But today we celebrate Epiphany as the day the three wise ones were thought to finally reach the Christ child. And we celebrate the season of Epiphany as a season. Of revelation the season that reveals the Christ light coming into the world arise shine for your light has come those were heady words for Isaiah's listeners those listeners were people who had just returned to Jerusalem from Babylon where they had been exiled for over 50 years Jerusalem was in ruins, the people were in conflict, and there was great discord around rebuilding the temple. The people were utterly demoralized, surrounded by darkness and gloom. The prophet had for some time been calling out their wicked ways, their many transgressions, their multitudinous sins. Yet suddenly they hear, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines around you. The prophet, no longer preaching gloom and despair, has finally proclaimed that their light had come, and God's glory was all around. I think we know something of the darkness Isaiah's listeners knew. We've experienced our own very real doom and gloom these past months. It seems we've waited forever for the light to come. And though things aren't all that much different than they were on December 31st, it feels good to join with the whole wide world in welcoming a new year, a blank slate, a time of hope and promise and yes, maybe even a light at the end of the tunnel. 2020 was a hard year for everyone, even if we weren't explicitly impacted by the virus or the political climate or climate change or the racism that rocked our country. We are emotionally exhausted from those things, even if we weren't personally touched by them. And it feels good to look ahead in the hope of a better, brighter, lighter future. Some of us are starting to feel as though the light is returning. It's happening almost imperceptibly every day as the days slowly lengthen. It's happening in our country and in the world as healthcare workers and nursing home residents receive vaccinations. It's happening in our public discourse with the leaders who promise to set aside division and acrimony. God is redeeming our time in the darkness. This epiphany feels particularly poignant. The revelation of Jesus Christ as the true light of the world is something we need to hold foremost in mind and heart. Arise, shine, for your light has come. God promises redemption, and we must take our part in that redeeming. We must rise. We must arise, must rise, to the reconciling work God has set before us. That's why the light has come, you know. It's not just to make us feel better, though surely it does that. The light has come into the world to give us what we need to rise and shine and do the work that God sets before us. But wait, we cry, we're exhausted, and it would be really great just to bask in the possibility of a light at the end of the tunnel. And we can do that. We just need to remember that the light that dispels all darkness comes so that we can reflect that light for the life of the world. God's glory, God's presence has come not just to God's people Israel, but to all nations. This is the light that brings new life and salvation for all people, even people like those sorcerers from the East. That's what they were, you know. We call them kings because in our crushes and in the paintings, they're almost always wearing crowns. We say they were kings who came to worship the newborn king. But they were much more likely sorcerers, occult practitioners, astrologists, stargazers. They weren't Jews searching for the long-awaited Messiah. They were foreigners unbelievers, but even they couldn't resist the pull of the great love that had been born in Bethlehem. They got as far as Jerusalem before the stars stalled and they couldn't tell where to go. But as long as they were looking for a newborn king, they decided to consult the old king. Surely he would know where the new king was. King Herod seemed surprised when the three strangers from far off foreign lands came asking about directions to the palace of the new king. The three strangers had seen the new king's star, a star such as no one had ever seen. True, these three foreigners were stargazers, so they would certainly have been paying attention, but everybody knew stars were symbols of kings and that every new king was heralded by his own special star and because this star was unlike any other it was surprising that Herod hadn't noticed but he hadn't so in order to keep up appearances he had to be the smartest and most important person around So he called all of his wise people together and asked them where this new king could be found. In Bethlehem, they told him. That's what the prophet had said. So pretending to want to worship the newborn king himself, Herod sent the three foreigners along their way to do his reconnaissance work for him, telling them to come back with news of where the newborn king could be found. It was all a lie, of course. Herod was terrified of losing his power. Herod the Great, father of the man who would have Jesus crucified some 30 years later, made a plan to kill his rival king. Herod hadn't been waiting for the Messiah and hadn't any idea of the kingdom of God Jesus came to bring. Herod the Great just knew there was a rival king, and so he did what powerful people do when their power is threatened. He made a plan to kill the threat by killing the child, and to do that just as soon as the three foreigners came back with the child's location. But things didn't go Herod's way, The wise ones were warned in a dream to go home by a different way, and so they did. And when Herod realized that he'd been duped, he was so enraged that he commanded the massacre of every baby boy in the region. This, after the manger scene, part of the Christmas story, isn't a part that we like to tell. And still, it is a story that speaks to us of our own times. This very day, there are families who have, like Joseph and Mary, left their own countries, afraid for their lives. This very day, there are innocent children dying from starvation or disease or violence. This very day, we see leaders who are terrified of losing their power, grasping for anything, regardless of the consequences to the people they are called to serve, that will keep them in power. This very day, we see well-intentioned people manipulated by ill-intentioned people just as Herod manipulated those three foreigners who had the audacity to come to him looking for a new king. While we may be tempted to compare Herod the Great to individual politicians or leaders in our own time, that would make a poverty of this story. Yes. This is a story of powerful people going to great lengths to maintain their power, but it is so much more. This is the story of the power of an utterly vulnerable infant born in a cave, surrounded by farm animals, in a land not his own, a little baby boy who held the promise of light and salvation and justice and mercy and grace, who came to bring love and grace and justice and salvation for everyone, even Herod. For people who put all their hope in accomplishment and influence and wealth and command, the thought of needing God's grace mercy seems ridiculous but it doesn't matter what Herod was doing then and what the people we think are the bad guys are doing now has no impact on the truth that the light has come into the world to dispel the darkness Jesus came Jesus comes two thousand years ago in Bethlehem And today to us and that is good news for people who could use a little light Jesus comes offering mercy and tenderness and blessing and love to any one of us who opens her hands and her heart to receive them where do you get glimpses of that light they're there everywhere really, if we have eyes and hearts to see them. It will help to be gentle and tender and self-compassionate and kind. We've all been working so hard, trying so hard, and it's time to turn our faces toward the light and bask in the glory of the God who forgives all of our failings and wants us to do the same. It's time to remember the vulnerability of the baby laid in a manger and the grown man who hung on a cross and to shine a light on our tenderness and vulnerability too. We're not promised an easy life. We're promised a life of God with us. So hold tight to each other and to our God And know the light is coming. The light is always coming. We simply need to let it in. Songwriter Leonard Cohen says it best. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. And that's how the light gets in. All the things we think we can't do, all the things we think we can't get right, all the things we miss and hope for and pray for, all our heart's desires are the places we crack open. And those are the places where the light gets in. So be gentle and kind with yourselves and with the ones you meet along the way And know that the light of the world is with you and in you and shining brilliantly through you. No need to be perfect. No need to get it all right. God is here, lighting up the whole wide world. Amen.